buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Very pumped up today to have Walker McKay on. We're going to learn a little bit more about his story and his own sales transformation. Uh, I recently had the pleasure of meeting Walker and going on his podcast. and We had a ton of fun, so I know that this is going to be a great episode that you will want to stay tuned for. Walker is the founder and principal of McKay Consulting Group and the No BS Sales School, uh, one of my personal favorites. Walker, welcome to Sales Transformation. Hey, thank you, Colin. Nice to, nice to be on here. It's an honor to be on this awesome show. Yeah, man. We had a, a lot of fun on your show, so this is this is round two, but today it's all about you. Um, so we want to dig in and like figure out what the heck is your sales story and what's been your sales transformation, and we'll start sure. from there. All right. That's great. So um, shall I start? Uh, I mean, we could have an awkward silence if you want, or we could jump in. We can, we, I, I told you, you know, kind of with the length what happened. So, I yeah, mean, I don't want to get cut. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. I got into sales for a couple of the wrong reasons, maybe all the wrong reasons. One, huh. um, my friend said, Oh, you can talk to anybody, so you should go into sales. Um, and, you know, number two was, um, you're really not qualified for anything else, so you should go into sales. So um, <laughs> I love so that. I, so I got in. I was in the banking business at first, and I um, and I thought that selling was what a lot of people thought was going to tell people why they should work with you, right? And go and blah blah yeah. blah 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 and talk and convincing um, uh, and persuading. Yeah, yeah, miserably. Um, and so then I left. It had to be the bank's fault. So I went and got in commercial real yeah. estate, and I did that. Was in there for 14 years, but about year 10, when I was not succeeding like I hoped I would, um, I ended up going to talk to a sales coach whose help I did not need, by the way. I assured him not. I did not need you've his help, in, but I wanted to go talk to him. Yeah, you've been in sales for over 10 years. What, what the heck What was he going to teach me? What it's do you have bullshit. to learn? Yeah, I was plenty motivated. That's all bullshit, right? So, um, <laughs> so when I talked to him um, with this nice conversation and he asked me why I wasn't making $600,000 a year. And I told him it's because the company was a problem and that the market was kind of crappy mm. and that this, that, and the other. And, and, and it was strange. It wasn't strange. He watched and he watched and he encouraged me. And then he said, Hey, can I interrupt you for a second? I said, sure. And he said, uh, suppose I told you those things were excuses. Mm. And it was like somebody took a dagger and ran it through me. Because uh, mm. I recognized immediately, right? And, and then he asked the, the coup de grace question, which was, where else are you making excuses in your life? And I was like, holy shit, I live in a shitty apartment and my mom's is never getting married because I'm such a loser and all this stuff. And, yeah. and, 
and what I realized, it was funny because the things that I was saying about why I wasn't successful were the same things my other friends were saying who were working with me why they weren't successful too. So it was just our truth. Mm. We took it on. And I had never thought of myself as an excuse maker, but that was the day that I grew up when I began to recognize is if I can say, if I say I can't, I won't, they won't, this is because instead of saying I haven't figured out how to yet. So as soon as I start mm. using, I haven't figured out how to yet, things started to fall in line for me. It started to make sense. So I hired him. I wrote him a check, a hot check at the time. Um, no money in the account. It bounced, but he, somewhere he's in, he took me anyway. And um, anyway, that was the start, one of the first places where my life kind of pivoted and I started to become more successful. Wow. Wow. What a, what a quick story there with, with a lot of nuggets. So um, I love I love that you got into sales because you had no other opportunity. I know other and you're good at, and you're good at talking to people. They like Talk to say, good to sales people have the gift of the gab. That's they, such a load uh, of shit. You've got the personality for sales for God's sake, which means you yeah. talk too damn much and you're pushy. Yeah, yeah. Not not a compliment. No. By the, it by really wasn't. It was not, but I took it as one, which shows how dumb I was. Yeah, I mean my story is a little different, but kind of similar in, in some ways. You know, I got into sales because there was no other opportunity for me. It was the right. only place willing to give me a shot, yeah. which is the case for a lot of people. Um, and you can make a pretty damn good life out of it if uh, if you stick with it. Um, but the thing that I love most, and, and it's funny because I just wrote a, a blog article today about, uh, you know, one of the, the, the one thing that you need to know to continuously be great in sales. And that's just kind of high level overview of what it is, but it's always be learning. Yeah. hundred percent. Never stop learning. Yep. And so being 10 years, 10 or plus years in, you know, sales and being, you know, told the right things by the right person at the right time to open your mind of like, Hey, I don't, I don't know it all. Yeah. I haven't figured it out. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that have that similar experience or might even be in that place right now where they need to hear that. It's funny because like, I don't know it all. I don't think I had 10 years experience. I think I had one year experience 10 times. Oh. Right. I don't think I had <laughs> yeah. learned to that point. And yeah. um, I had gone and been sent to Carnegie training, which um, mm -hmm. in my mind, it was good stuff. It just was. Um, I didn't like it. It was too. I decided it was too cheesy for me. I think actually it's because I was too arrogant. My ego wouldn't let me think that was a good mm. thing, and so um, I bailed out of that because there's nothing they could teach me. And at that point, I was incorrigible, unteachable, until yeah. I realized I wasn't going to get any. But it's my fault. See, the interesting thing there is it had nothing to do with, you know. Being be, being better at cold calling or prospecting or you know mastering discovery or negotiation or closing or none of that. Yes, it had to do with you learning to take responsibility and stop making excuses. Ugh. It was more of an inside job. It was more personal work to then excel professionally. So then I could be ready for the, uh, the different way I would approach things because you could have showed me a different way, but I wouldn't have had the courage or the ability to go use it until I got myself mm -hmm. straight inside. Right. All right. So tell me after you worked with this sales coach, what happened next? So it's kind of cool. I was in the commercial real estate business, was a broker, and um, I decided that um, I needed to stop making excuses. 
And so I said, I was blaming my company. And so what I needed to do was just jump out of my own because I don't want to have that excuse anymore. I'm just dumb enough to think, all right, don't work for a company yeah. anymore because you're blaming them. Go do it on your own. And so um, I went out and I liked working with buyers. And one of the things that my sales coach showed me how to do was to get people to pay you to work with them. So mm. I started my practice working with buyers of commercial real estate, people that were not professionals at it, who would pay me to represent them in the marketplace. If they bought something, I could participate in the commission. If they didn't buy anything, they would pay me for my time. And it's funny, I, um, I had had a client that had, or somebody had asked me to help them, and I'd shown them 55,000 things. We put two things under contract. They'd blown both of them up. And I was just, I'd wasted a year. And so I went back to her and said, I've changed my business model. She asked me to help her again. I changed my business model. I charged 5,000 bucks to help people like you buy property. And here's what I do for that. Blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, thanks. And I said, okay, cool. And another friend of mine called and said, hey, hey, she's called me. <laughs> she's called me. And I feel bad about this. I know you're, you guys are friends. Can we work this together? And I said, no, it's all yours. And so for the next five mm. years, they made an offer on six more pieces of property and never bought anything. And so that was like, wow. And so, um, but the people who told me I could not charge for what I was doing, that would never work were my competitors. And I helped them realize, nope, you just hadn't figured out how to do it. I know how to do it. So from there, and I had a nice consulting practice and was doing very well, getting mm -hmm. referrals, closing business. And my sales coach called and said, I hate to do this to you, but I need somebody who thinks like you, like an entrepreneur who can help me grow my business. Will you come work with me? And wow. I was just what, dumb what enough. A, what a, yeah, what a full 180 there, right? Yeah. But see, I'm just like that. I just, I mean, I, I do, I change, right? And so he called. I said, you know, that sounds like fun. I'd refer to him like 30 people because he had made such a transformation in my life. And yeah. so, um, so I was like, you know, this, how hard could it be? I already know what he does. I already know the process. I already know the steps. Well, how hard could it be? It could be really damn hard. Um, and so I spent the first year and I really struggled. And then after that, we kind of got in a rhythm and, you know, I was with him for nine or 10 years. And we made a lot of money and did very well. Can I ask, can yeah. I ask who it was? Yeah, it was a guy in Sandler training. So I was Sandler in training. Sandler training and I was, uh, um, my, my business partner was a franchisee. I thought we were business partners. We actually weren't business partners, um, turns out. But um, anyway, we went on for 11 or 12 years and um, I it was driving me crazy. I let our relationship fall apart. I did not... I did not manage the relationship well. And at some point I got, um, I got to the point where you ever been around somebody that frustrates you and even the way they eat a turkey sandwich will drive you crazy. Yeah. I, you just, I mean, if you've got a bunch of built up shit uh, about them that you haven't dealt with, you're just like, it was the way you look bothers me. Yeah. Everything. And so I just <laughs> you don't didn't even have to do anything and I'm pissed off. Oh, and so once again, I, w I wasn't going to tell anybody. I, did, I just told my wife and family, I've got to have to leave here because um, I need to go do something else. Don't know what it is. And so I went that day. The day I decided I had lunch with a client already scheduled. He's a great guy. Somebody I know for a long time. And I sat down with him and he said to me, when I sat down at lunch, it's one of my favorite greetings. He said, you look like shit. And I was like, <laughs> which, if you do that to somebody, they'll immediately start to wonder what the hell's wrong with him, right? And I was like, and... Um, and I said, I am, I'm really frustrated at work. And he said, what's, what's going on? And I said, well, uh, you know, I've let the relationship go. I said, it's blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's 50% my fault and 50% his fault um, that this didn't work. And he gave that, me this stop sign. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? And he goes, it's 100% your fault. And wow. I was like, holy shit. And he said, if you don't claim 100% responsibility, you'll always blame the wrong person.
And I was like, shit, that's good. I said, who taught you that? He said, you. I was like, God, my own medicine. <laughs> oh, right? And so, wow. I, so at that point, I had a three-year non-compete. I had no plans. I had no nothing. And, but I, ju- I just had to get out. So I went to my partner and I apologized for being such an ass for the last five years and that I needed to go out and I wasn't going to violate the non-compete. I was going to go and figure out what I was going to do. And once again, nobody hired me. So I, um, so I started um, a third-party outsource VP of sales thing, right? Outsource VP of sales role, which uh, for a number of companies, and that sucked. Um, it wasn't mm. scalable. It was too hard. Anybody that was dumb enough to hire me to do that had major problems. And either we mm. couldn't overcome the problems and I got fired or we started to get better. And then they said, we don't need you anymore and, and fired me then. So um, it was a lose lose no matter sucked. what. It sucked. Right. And so I, uh, I, w- I want to go back for one second yeah. because uh, one, like just being able to, you know, look back and admit you know where you're wrong or 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 is is huge so many people don't even have the ability to do that okay uh, but it's so interesting that it started there uh with you know this relationship and and and, and you know really changed your 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 path uh, and then it sort of ended there again and you were teaching that and one of your own clients was able to teach that back to you you know and it's just a it's a great learning lesson because Sometimes, you know, it's it's easy to see what needs to be fixed in others and it's a little bit harder to see what needs to be fixed in oh, you. Uh, yes. And, you know, I'll give you an example here. When I first started podcasting, you know, I thought I was I was getting big people on my show and I thought I was hot shit and and, and my wife said, You suck as a host. And I was like, Damn. What do you mean? My show's doing great, and uh, I've got all these big names, and people want to come on my show. And she didn't really say like it wasn't that no, harsh, no, but that's I what it sounded like to yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah that's what it's, yeah, it was. Yeah. A lot more gentle than that, but you know, my ears turned red. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know who the hell I am? Like, <laughs> right? Hey, and and I said, well, I took a breath and I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, you don't listen very well, and you miss tons of opportunities to ask better questions. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And that stuck with me ever since she said that. And in every interview that I go into, I'm, I'm, I'm just intently listening. And it's just, it's made me such a better host. It's made me better in sales. It's made yeah. me, it's transformed so many things for me personally and professionally. I can't even tell you. It's huge. So, all right, so back back to back to the where we were at here, but I just wanted to touch on that yeah. quick point because it's just a huge learning lesson for a lot of people. You need people in your life that are going to call you out. If you don't have that or you're hiding from that or you're scared to get that, you're going to be stuck. Or you get you defensive when somebody tries to help. It's not always that the advice you get is right. It's that's no. I mean sometimes people, you know, don't know, but it is important to listen. Right, and to see it, what what could I be missing? What does somebody else see that I'm missing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you hear a couple, and if a couple people are telling you the same thing, pretty good chance it's true. Um, and surround yourself with people who are willing to be that honest with you. And I find that those are the ones that are also the most honest with themselves. Right, yeah. and to be They're, open to that. I tell people my job's easy. I get to tell people what they what they could do better. I said the hardest part, just like because I screw things up too, is when I have to. When I have to recognize, boy, I need some help with this too, right? I have to, I need some, I need somebody else to tell me. And I have, 
I've had several coaches for the last five years. I have two or three coaches usually at any given time to help me with different parts of my business because I need that outside vision. So yeah, I made it through yeah. all the VP of sales stuff. An old client of mine came and said, do you miss training? I said, every day. And he said, why don't you do it again? I said, I don't have a space. I don't have my own material, blah, blah, blah. And he said, this is a theme of my life. You know those are excuses, <laughs> right? And I was like, holy shit, again. And he said, do you want to do that again? I said, yes. He goes, I'll help you if you're committed to do it. It's like, I'm committed to do it. And so that's when we started. Um, didn't have money for a classroom. And so I started on Zoom way before anybody knew what Zoom was. Had no idea uh, what Zoom was. I started. Um, it, was, it was innovative. <laughs> it was innovative at the time, right? And, and so I kind of dumbed into how all this stuff works. And my niche became companies with... Um, with multiple locations and it was too expensive to bring everybody together. So boom, here we are. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's just kind of grown. And it's been, I work a lot with founders and entrepreneurs to kind of help them grow their business, sometimes relating to sales, sometimes yeah. not. Um, but it's, a, it's something that's evolved over time. I've ended up creating a course um, and done all kinds of things that I'm growing like I never grew before. It's fun to be able to go and do this stuff I'm doing now to be a business owner. Yeah. Except for the yeah. part that sucks. And by the way, did I mention that after I jumped out, we we're making really good money. And I just built the house of my dreams um, that we planned. It was on, my, on some land my parents owned. And we built this beautiful house. And two and a half years after we moved in, we had to sell it because I wouldn't bring oh. enough money in to pay for it and keep my kids in private school. And I realized if I pull my kids out of private school, that's more about preserving my dignity. And if I sell my house, mm -hmm. that's more preserving theirs. And so I needed to focus on them. And so sold my house, moved to a rental house for three years, a little, t we were in 1700 square feet. We were in 4,000 before. Um, and my wife and kids hated every day of it. And finally, um, I guess almost a year ago now, we were able to save up and we bought a, a house that we love that's great. And so we're back on our feet again. But I, everything I do, it appears, I will pull the rip cord and jump and figure it out. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that drives my wife crazy. Um, but that's just the way, and I don't understand. Some people are like, I can't believe you quit who, who quits a job with nothing to do i was like i couldn't stay there that's not me i'd be lying if i stayed there mm. so yeah anyway. that's that's an important thing to touch on too because you know if you're not happy but you're making good money that's not success no that's not success you know if you're happy in a 1700 square foot house and your kids go into a good school and you're making less money that's success. Well, I think the success to me, because that to me was not success. The success to <laughs> me was I had the, I had the courage to do what it took and the success and it still comes right is we put up with that crap and now we've moved yeah. away from that. Did, I, did we talk about the story about the boats? No, we, we didn't get into the boats, but, but now I'm curious. So the, so somebody, I read this or somebody told me this, they're, they're typically, people are typically riding in one of three boats as they go through life. Number one is a raft where they're going down the river and they're using the poles just to kind of push off rocks, but otherwise they're just going with the current. The second mm -hmm. boat we get in um, may be a, um, a rowboat where you're facing backwards and you're pulling to get away from wherever you were. And that's your main motivation. And the third might be a canoe where you're actually facing forward and you know where you're trying to go, but you're, and the, the head of the boat's going left, right, left, right, but you know the direction you're going. And so what I found was for 
the last number of years, I've been in the rowboat, getting away from the financial mm. disaster. And now I'm switching over to the canoe and transforming to move towards that and know where I'm going towards a positive thing. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. Um, I think, I think I'm, I think I've grasped it. Yeah. So it's a great, it's a great analogy and I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's more peace yeah. in the canoe than the raft, which is a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a bit str of a struggle. Well, or you're in a total, in the raft, you're also in total comfort zone. In the raft, you're just kind of going with the current, just doing your, stay with the job, do what you're going to do. Don't cause any waves, just keep moving. And the rowboat, at least, is an effort to get away from that. Mm. And then the canoe is, all right, we're actually putting effort towards going where we want to go, being intentional about where we're going. Yeah. And then what, what's, what, what's, uh, what's after the canoe? I don't know. The I'll yacht? let you know. The yacht? I don't know. <laughs> the yacht. <laughs> the yacht. We yacht. play yacht rock every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is incredible learning about your story. There's, there's, you know, some common themes clearly yeah. here. Yeah. Um, lots of ups and downs mm. and, and, you know, um, I think there's a lot of things that people, people can learn from, from, from your experience here. And, you know, if, if you're unhappy with what you're doing, do something else. I have a theory. And it may not be rainbows. It may not be easy, but you know, what are you willing to sacrifice to, you know, to get something stay better. in the big, stay in the big house. I also know that each step you take, I, I have this mind, whatever I'm doing now is not going to be the last thing I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I will be a continue. You take us, you get out of where you were that you don't want to be, and then you can move forward, move forward. And, um, so my belief is that it's a constant. Oh, I know what I was thinking about the 47 year old problem. Have I told you about this? I was 40 when no. I was 40. I was really, I reached the breaking point when I was 47 years old about what I was going to do. This is nine years ago then. And so I, um, I hated being there. I think I was 48. Um, when I finally pulled the trigger. But I realized a lot of my friends at 47 years old, you've been working 25 years, right? And at some point, you probably, a lot of people look around and go, when I was let off college, when I started working and I looked around, I thought 25 years out, there's no way in hell I'd be doing this crummy thing. I'd be doing something much greater than this. And mm -hmm. we make a decision at that point. Either you say, well, I'm 47, I've got you know 18 years to work. I'm just gonna put my head down, make the money and get through it and I'll retire at 64 years in one day, right? Mm -hmm. Or at 47, you say, fuck this, I've got 18 years left. I'm gonna pull the ripcord. I'm gonna go find something else that's more along the lines of what I wanna do. And so that, I believe that's a real thing. How old are you, Colin? I am 34. Okay, so you've got some time. Um, but a lot of people in corporate America, a lot of my corporate lawyer friends are like, I hate this, this is miserable, but I'm making $800,000 a year and I hate, this is soulless, but what else am I gonna mm. do? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. You probably got enough money saved. You go do something else if you had the courage to go do it. Yeah. But that's up to them. Yeah. That's it's a personal it decision. But also it takes a level of confidence in yourself to take that type of risk, right? Mm -hmm. And the best people in sales know, hey, if, if everything fell apart today with whatever I'm doing, that I could go do something else and get it you can all always back, get a no job. problem. Yep. My motivation yeah. is never to have to get a job again. I know, no, I'm not, I'm not a, a good, good I'm not two. a good employee. <laughs> I'm terrible. 
as it's proven because nobody wants to hire me. So it's all good. Yeah. What, one of the greatest things uh, in, in your story too is, you know, when you were making excuses about is, you know, the, the, the employer's fault, uh, you decided to go out on your own because then at that point, there's nobody else to blame. Nobody but else you. to blame. And that's what made perfect sense. Okay, we're going to take this away. Yeah. And, and, and for some people, it might need to be that harsh. Like if that's a huge blocker or a huge problem or a huge common theme and why they're not making quota or president's club or whatever, um, because they're, you know, the lead suck, the manager sucks, and they have this just negative activity uh, and this negative negativity about them, you know, removing that excuse from yeah. your life could be the answer. Yeah, get out. If this is ruining your life, then fix it. And, and, and something else that you mentioned is a lot of that negative self-talk mm. uh, or excuses yep. actually came from the people you were surrounding yourself with. Yep. Tell me a little bit more about that. So I was I started and I was young in the commercial real estate business and it was a, it is a hundred percent commission job, and I was hanging out with a bunch of guys that were just like me. They had the dreams of making the big bucks, but we didn't have the discipline or the anything else to really, or quite frankly, the tools. I'm sorry. We hadn't figured out at an early age how hard the business was. We kept waiting for it to be easy, and so I'm hanging out yeah. with these guys, and we was a, we're during a recession, and um, so. What we tell ourselves is nobody's buying anything anyway. So we'd go to lunch, have a two-hour lunch, and we'd go to the movies on Wednesday afternoon and Friday afternoon, and we'd be drunk every night at five o'clock. And that's what we told you. This just sucks. Can't wait till the economy gets better. Um, and what mm. we didn't notice was easy to ignore was there were five guys in our brokerage department that came in every day. They went and closed their door. They didn't hang out with us cool guys. They made the mm. calls. They did the dials. They did the work. And those guys made five, six, eight hundred thousand dollars a year in a time where the commercial real estate business was zero. And they mm. crushed it. And the only difference between them and us was they had to make it work. They didn't have a choice and they came in and they did the hard work and got it done. And that's not something I was aware even that I was doing. I had an option to, so one more quick story. My friend, Ben, who was one of those guys who did this, I never hung out with him because he's always in his office with the door closed. We were out <laughs> at the beach one time and I said, um, for a company weekend. And I said, Ben, we've been in the business the same amount of time. You're making $800,000 a year. I'm making, you know, a 10% of that maybe. Why is it you're doing better than me? He said, the difference between you and me, Walker, is I'm committed. He said, I have, wow. my parents are dead. I don't have any money. Nobody's looking out for me. I just moved my family out of a trailer into a house. He said, if I fail, we're going back to the trailer. He said, you, something happens to you. I know your parents aren't rich, but your dad's not gonna let you starve. He's not gonna make you move in a mobile home. You have, you're always looking for something better. He said, me, this is where I'm committed to be. And I was like, commitment, because lack of commitment is an excuse too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the best people come from nothing. Yep. They perform under pressure when their back is against the wall. Um, it's kind of part of my story, you know? I, I grew up, raised by a single mom with four brothers and wow. my dad preferred spending most of his time in prison than, than, uh. than being around. Uh, and you know, I used to be in the grocery store embarrassed because I was hoping a friend wouldn't see us paying for our food with food stamps, you know? Yeah. Oh. And so for me, I didn't like, no, Hey, I want to be this when I grow up or go to college. I was like, I don't want to be poor. That's it. Robo. Robo. And yeah. 
Yeah. Get me the hell away from this, right? Get, Get me, away. me in that rowboat yeah. and you know, slap a motor on that sucker and let's go. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Or even on the raft, I don't care anything. Well, the raft was taking you where you were going to stay, right? The rowboat was yeah. giving the hell out of here. Just boof me, right? Yeah. I would have got out of there on anything that floated, man. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, lack of commitment is a huge thing. If you got some nest egg or some fallback plan, or like, this doesn't I didn't work really out. have a nest egg, and my family's not wealthy, but my father's a lawyer. And if I went to him and said, "Dad, I need five thousand bucks because I don't have a job," he'd write me a check for twenty five hundred and said, "Come beg me again next month." Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had that. He wasn't gonna let me starve, but Ben didn't have that. And that was, again, another lesson. Are you committed? And I found the places in my life where I have had to make the changes. And so like when I started my own yeah. company, I was committed. Whatever the yeah. hell it took, I, if I failed, I was gonna start something else. If I failed that, I'd start something else. Just keep moving yeah. until something works. I mean, just like when you, you, you had to move out of your dream house and move your, you were committed to getting back, yep. getting back into that dream house and, and yep. you made it happen. That's yep. a, that's a level of commitment right there. So it's, it's all growing up, you know, and it's, I, I keep telling people I've hit these, um, my, my therapist says I define my life by these pitch points. She said it probably wasn't that easy. Um, it's probably not that wild. I said, but in hindsight, I can see it very clearly the places where I had to go, Oh shit, this is my fault. And I had to go mm. do something about it. So anyway, thank yeah. God for therapist. The, the, the best part of this, this whole story here is that, all of those struggles and difficult moments, you know, those are all learning lessons, you know, that build your experience and, you know, level up your level of commitment or your personal awareness to improve and, 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 and get better, you know, at what it was you were doing. You know, all of those things that, you know, all of those imperfections are perfect to getting you where you got today. Yeah, gave me confidence because I, I know no matter what happens, I won't like it, right? But it, it will be okay. We'll find a way and we'll be okay. Yeah. Awesome. Walker, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Where can people follow you, learn more, get into okay. your world, all that good stuff? Thank you, Colin. The best place people can find me is on LinkedIn, Walker McKay. Um, and there, that's the best place to find me. I also mess around on Twitter, but that's mostly for fun. Um, my website I uh, came up with this on my own, Colin, is walkermckay.com, um, where there's information about some programs and stuff that I have. Um, and so I have a course on my sales system that I created. So anyway, there's lots of information for me on LinkedIn and on my website at walkermckay.com. Thank you. Fantastic. We'll include the links there for everybody in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review. It does help. Share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.